This is the Warwickshire Cricket Board podcast. I'm Alex Roslin, and joining me today is Danny Maskell. Hello, everybody. During today's episode, we're going to be discussing a really key part of um, coaching and an integral part of a coach's armoury in their sessions. So we're going to be talking about decision-making and how coaches can introduce it, promote it, and include it in their sessions. So, Danny, I'm coming straight in, not just to you, it's just both of us, not putting you on the spot, Okay. of what is decision-making? Well, Alex, as you, you, we've spoken about this podcast for a while, so I've done a little bit of research for you, okay? Um, so, uh, I've got a little bit of a quote, everyone loves a quote, um, and decision-making is regarded as the cognitive process resulting in the selection of a belief or a course of action. Um, amongst several responsibilities and every decision making process produces a final choice which may or not may or may not prompt an action so I think we all know that in, in cricket we make um, hundreds of decisions every every game um, and especially during our training as well we should mm. really look to encourage as much um, decision making as, as possible I think it's um, it's really important that we give kids, kids the opportunity to make a decision and we don't uh, make the decisions for them, which we tend to see um, in some sessions. Um, but yeah, basically, we're just we're looking for those uh, kids to make a decision and to, to get out there and to, yeah. to really challenge themselves with a decision. And a coach who has really, really strong um, questioning can really challenge them with decision-making and... And the session will um, really help develop that player as as much as as much yeah. as possible. Well, it's so. not an unfamiliar thing to do, is it? Make a decision because you think about the decisions we've made already today, the decisions that I'm sure the participants made, people listening will make. That you just do subconsciously. So, um, I guess decision making is a little bit different when you're in a game or a training situation because yeah. there's pressure, isn't there? Pressure is in the mind and yeah. pressure is something that you don't want to get out you don't want to get hit for four or bowl a wide or drop a catch or miss a throw of the stumps or miss the wicket keeper or call the wrong thing or make a wrong decision as an umpire or whatever it might be so there's all those decisions to factor in but it's all around pressure yeah and it's all around experimenting as well and the more <coughs> you put us okay the more you put the uh yourself under that pressure I suppose and the more you practice making a decision there's bound to be a, an, an improvement a significant improvement um, I would say it's not easy for, for players to make the correct decision all the time but then I suppose we are encouraging people to make mistakes and that's something mm. that we want to want to do and people will learn from making mistakes and making the wrong decision um, some people will find it easy to, to do as from a playing point of view um, and others, others won't. They will. They will want to know exactly what's expected and what they should have done. Whereas it's a case if you need to kind of get to know your player in order to help mm. them with that decision making. And in everyday life, some people find it easier to make uh, make a decision about things. I'm shocking when it comes to like um, what me and the missus want for tea at night. Oh, I'm dreadful! I can't make a decision <laughs> for the, to save my life. Uh, I'd rather she just tell me and I'll, and I'll cook it. It's not a problem. But um, <laughs> Yeah, from a coaching point of view, I think we try and get get it into your session as much as possible, and and give empower them to to make the decisions and empower them to make their options, I suppose, mm. so and that they can be responsible for the, for their actions. Then, so. yeah, I think one of the things from this as a coach, before we go into a little bit more detail, is 
don't be afraid of setting things up for them to make a decision. Don't fear that it, it might not go as exactly as you planned because they might make a different decision than you were anticipating. But overall, they've still made a decision at a point of pressure and they've still made a, a, a decision to behave one way or go the other way. So it's, it's don't fear it would be my... It's when I'm planning sessions, if you don't yeah. fear what could happen from that, think about what they can actually gain from that bit. Unless it's completely ridiculous, obviously, and then they've got to make a, uh, a really strange decision. But actually, if they're under pressure in a scenario and they've got to make a decision, then brilliant. And I, and I think what's important there is you, you've, it sounds like you've, you've set up a few ideas there already for, for your coaching. And if they do go out and make that decision, and it and it is probably the wrong decision then what's important is that you praise them for trying something rather mm. than you praise them for making the mistake, if that makes sense. And don't punish them for that. Really, really encourage that they've tried something and they've tried to make a decision. And then you can just discuss the options and what could have potentially happened. But I think your decision-making and your praise and your pressure are all links into one. But um, you've got to be really clever and careful with how you... Mm. you praise the, the the players after they've made the correct or incorrect decision yeah um, I think that's really important the the other thing that I had a little bit of a look at before doing a bit of research is just <coughs> had a look uh, online basically and just had a look and basically most coaches out there just say you've got the flexibility to design your own games and drills that will really help you um to just tweak them, I suppose, but it will a tiny tweak can um, really encourage decision making straight away. Mm. Um, and they are literally just tiny tweaks. You don't need a massive amount of equipment. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to some ideas that coaches can use um, a little bit later on within the sessions. But um, yeah, literally just be flexible, open minded with it, and um, your decision making will fit into your session plans quite easily. Yeah, and you've got to anticipate that some of the decisions are going to be different than you've ever seen so we did a I think it was an under 10 session where we had five minutes before the, the actual warm-up was meant to start and we gave them a tennis ball and just said go and do whatever you want basically and there were some kids chucking at the length of the hall there were some of them doing some little kind of passes underarm passes there were some of them trying to do some keepy uppies there were some of them trying to do all sorts of skills but they've made that decision to go and do whatever they want with it they only get five minutes of it so it's not going to be detrimental to anything but it's interesting watching out anyway. So, um, and I guess that kind of leads us on <coughs> to you, you want to involve the players in any decision making. So, I'm sure we've all been involved with or um, been a part of or done it ourselves where you, you kind of make a decision for other people. So, if you're saying about you're not very good at choosing tea, <laughs> I'm sure um, at certain times you've been told what you're having for tea because someone else has made the decision. I know it's happened to me. <laughs> so, so you get you you almost someone makes the decision for you. So yeah. you've got to put the players in a in a situation where they are they are in control of the decision they make. Yeah, well, not maybe not in control, but have a big say in it. It's, it's empowering them to take responsibility, I suppose, and and I think it's really important that you you give them that opportunity to set part of the the less the session the lesson, um, give them the opportunity to really own it so that then they, they, they put their full effort into it then they're part of it they own it they know exactly what they want to get out of it um, and I mean what, what you said about um, involving them is I think you involve them in the decisions give them some ideas of the decisions they could potentially mm -hmm. make 
um, not giving them the answers obviously because that's telling them what to do but talking about what the options are talking about the outcome and what happened um, and then maybe they can look to set a further decision making mm -hmm. option so they can then continually own the session empower the child to own it um, and then yeah they can they can crack on and, and make a decision yeah. for that let's say we put it in a, in a club net scenario you've got eight you've got eight players in one lane you've got one coach in the lane and then two so you've got two batters uh, six bowlers you could say right there's going to be a scenario in this lane but I, but then you say, look, what is the scenario? And you talk to the batters, and you say, what do you want to go? Do you want to try and set a score? Do you want to chase a score? Say to the bowlers, right, what do you want to do? And try and match it up together. You might be setting a score, so the bowlers have got to hit their lines and lengths early on, and they've got to make a decision to be um, accurate and controlled. But then you've got the batters who have got to be really good, at, really good at their decision making, and really strong and clear decisions with their footwork or with their um, level of concentration or their shot selection or anything so again there's there's like you said there you've got the one decision about the scenario and then you've got five or six different decisions that they have to make off that so how are they going to approach the first 10 overs or how are they going to try and get six and over against the off spinner that they don't like facing yeah or how are they going to face that big guy that just bangs it in at nets because he's one of the biggest kids there are they going to get in behind it or are they going to look to get off strike or are they going to try and whack him out of the park so decisions decisions from there involving them in that and I suppose that's from a from a tactical point of view. So you're thinking about how to rotate the strike. You're thinking about different parts of the game. And then you've got the the technical decision. So what shot are you going to play? Where are you looking to pitch the ball? You're going to bowl a slower ball. I suppose that's a bit of technical and, and tactical as well. But you, you've got different variations of the decision making mm. as well. Um, and you you won't people won't realise that you're making so many decisions so often. What shot are you going to play? Where are you going to bowl it? All those different things, but it's really encouraging those things that um, you may not automatically think of in a net session or in mm -hmm. um, a training session. You'll always be thinking, what shot you're going to bowl? Where you're going to bowl it? You're going to throw it to the keeper or try and hit the stumps. But let let's try and encourage them to focus on something a little bit different. So, mm -hmm. when would you look to bowl a slower ball? When would you look to hit over the top when you're batting? all those different bits and pieces so you're really starting to encourage some decision making but in different areas that they might not necessarily already have in their, um, in their armoury I suppose yeah. if we put a technical spin on it you could say let's say we're working with a batter who is unsure on the back foot and then they're not keen on anything that's kind of shorter pitched so you've got um, three different colour tennis balls red, orange, <coughs> yellow yeah. normal, normal tennis balls if the yellow ball comes out they've got to make a decision and they've got to think right my decision is for this ball I've got to either I can either attack it or defend it with the orange ball the, deci the, the decision's made for them they've got to get out of the way of it and they've got to evade that ball with the red ball it might be uh, if you've got evade it might be trying to make sure they duck underneath it it might be that I'm trying to hit it over the top of the offside I might try and be funky and hit it for six or something like that but you right. They are making a decision because they're having to sit, they're having to pick the ball and make the decision to what they do with it. But they're also a little bit of we've also made the decision for them. Uh, and then it's very difficult for you as a coach. I, I know it's tough to step back and let them make the wrong decision mm. because it's like a healthy mistake. And if you haven't watched our YouTube video on with Paul Greetham and the the county cricket clubs um, coaching staff then it's all about healthy mistakes. We, we want them to make those mistakes so that they can actually go, right, I probably made the wrong decision there. 
I'll come back to it next time. I've learned from that. I know that. And bang, this is what I'm going to do this time around. Yeah. And we're making we're making that decision for them, but we're also giving them the opportunity to say, well, actually, I didn't didn't work when I tried to pull it off my shoulder. It worked when I got in behind it and tried to knock it down for one. So we're giving them those options. And then it's and then it's down to the the technical support from a coach. Then so why did it not go to plan? What what didn't quite happen? What are the reasons? Break it down. Was it a technical element? Did you not make the decision quick enough um, in order to execute and get the outcome that you're after? So you can then start and break it down as a coach, and you can then um, speak to the speak to the child and really work with them on that one-to-one questioning. Mm-hmm. Is is the way that I'd go down. So yeah, we that. get getting the players to give you feedback of what just happened, isn't it? So yeah. they they give you the feedback of well, actually, I didn't like pulling the ball off my face because mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable. Mm. and you go well then you can delve a bit deeper why well, how do you feel is going to be the best route for you to go then and then next time they've got something else to think about so it kind of links it links into to one that I wanted to bring up is that you've got to praise that decision regardless mm. I think because they've made a decision and then you've got to try and reflect on that decision so it might be look fair enough you tried to take it on but you think maybe it was a little bit high for you to try and pull or hook oh yeah maybe actually where should I where should I be pulling from you go well, where do you think and all of a sudden they've made a decision that anything from yeah. their chin to their waist they're going to try and pull or get in behind or back foot drive or whatever whatever the scenario is but you, you praise them for making a decision you reflect on it and then you go back to them giving you feedback on that and hopefully then they've, the whole cycle I'm sure there's a model out there that you can Google or mm. research on the cycle of you've made the decision you've reflected on the decision or you've given feedback sorry you've kind of reflected on it and then you get back into the learning stage and go well actually I'm going to try this next time so it keeps going around in that circle yeah definitely I think and as well I don't think that has to necessarily always be with a coach and a player I think you can feedback to each other as players and get a lot of peer peer feedback going on um, and that that will support you obviously they won't be able to give too much technical information but they'll Mm. they'll know enough that will help though because you imagine you're in a situation out in the middle yeah and they are 40 for two yeah. or 40 for five let's say a bit more drastic they've got to then discuss what they're going to do then so they're making that decision together aren't they? yeah great and as a team yeah certainly that's important I mean we've spoken kind of a lot there about um, I wouldn't say performance but net mm. coaching yeah um, you'll you still be able to get kids at the at club level doing those sorts of things but if we if we go down to um, let's say year three and year four in school for an example or under 10s under 11s mm-hmm. uh, um, cricket club then I think there's some easy ways that you can encourage kids to make a, a decision so for an example two coloured balls a bit like what you did but if you're just playing a game of quick cricket or if you're playing a pairs game or if you're feed, feeding as the bowler or you can get someone else to feed the ball but ideally you you then feed one coloured ball and you, you say to the guys right if it's an orange ball it has to go offside if it's a yellow ball it has to go leg side so they're then having to look and then they're having to make the right decision. So you're encouraging that. Then you can kind of give them a little bit of ownership and say, right, where are you going to look to to hit this one? So do you want to hit everything? If it's a yellow one next time, everything's going to go over the top, so on and so forth. Yeah, so you're starting really to encourage them. And I don't think these are, you don't need massive masses of equipment. You don't need to, um, it doesn't need to be an extensive plan, but you just need to have some little tweak some little um, decision, I suppose, yeah. to make and to plan it, um, and just be flexible with designing it, and it it will it will come naturally, and there'll mm. be some really good decision making in yeah. those. In those well, that's terms. one of the beauties of 
um, club cricket is that you may not have all of the equipment all of the time so you can be as creative as anything about the way that you get them to make a decision it might be um, something a bit more different in a warm-up and they've got to make a decision and talk to five people and learn out five different things about their school their I don't know what car their mom has dad has whoever and they've got to make a decision on who they're going to speak to Mm-hmm. It's a very simple way of doing it. It's yeah. not really a complicated decision, but it's more they having to make a decision on who they speak to. And you could also kind of going a little bit more into the um, psychological bit is you can actually see who's comfortable making those decisions and happy going out and speaking to different people, or who's actually quite like I'm not sure who's yeah, going I mean, to speak to. It's working on the social environment as well, that is, and working on how they can communicate with others, which is all important in cricket mm. so it gets us going into that leadership a little bit yeah. as well, doesn't it? you can certainly see who's willing to to get out there and do those sorts of things and yeah so i i did sit back. um i don't know whether this is it's a little bit of leadership a little bit of decision making but i did something in my club um at our nets the other day is the first 15 minutes were all around um they had a portion of kit that they had to move from one end of the hall to the other and they could only in between two sets of cones their feet couldn't touch the floor well, they couldn't touch the floor, so they had to, in their group, they had to make a decision on how they were going to move the kit. Now, they had one AstroTurf mat each to do that, but little did they realise if you're touching the mat, you're still touching the floor, but they didn't actually think about how they're going to get from one end to the other, and they didn't use, there was a row of benches one side of the hall. They made a decision on just looking at what they see, so the decision is, right, we're going to use the cones on our feet to try and walk all the way down and then throw the cones back, but it's too far to throw, so they left themselves <laughs> short. They didn't use the benches, they didn't use the bags, I left the nets out to try and do something. It's just, it was uh, interesting, but you could see, I, I looking around the groups, there was probably four people out of 20 that were comfortable making a decision in front of everybody else about how it was going to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's some that comes back to kids. If kids aren't comfortable making decisions, it's not just that they're kids, it's that some people are more comfortable, like you said at the start, making decisions than others. So you've got to put them in a situation where they can make their own decision, but not necessarily in front of everybody else. Yeah, so it's it kind is, of went off on a tangent there a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Interesting cricket session, Alex. That is to yeah. be honest. They got a little bit bored by the end. Forever move house. I'll get your cricket club to help me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it, it again. It comes down to to kids in schools, kids at kids at home, having that letting them make the decision and, and where they go and what they learn and mm. all those different bits bits will certainly certainly help with um, with the decision making yeah in cricket yeah yeah the other the other thing would be you wouldn't want them to make a decision in like the same scenario over and over and over again so if you've got right you guys are going to open the batting in my under 11s this year you're my strongest pair i want you to start us off you're going to go out and you're going to try and you're just going to bat the first however many overs it is in, in pairs because I think it's four still isn't it mm-hmm. and you go right you're going to bat the first four and they're, they're making the same decision over and over and over and over again in their training in their matches and when they get to a scenario where they've got to go and bat let's say under 13 T20 they need a player they're going to bat at six they have no idea what they're doing at six because they've mm-hmm. never experienced that before so we're trying to put them in unfamiliar situations Definitely. And make them feel, not uncomfortable, make them feel uneasy and a little bit kind of, well, I don't really know what to do. So they've got to think about the decision and they've actually got to make a different decision than they would have normally. Uh, you've got you've got to plan for those mm. scenarios. They will happen at some point during the, the cricketing career, I suppose. They will, they will face, they will be in a situation where they are 40 for 8 or 
or they are um, 160 for no wicket off of five, uh, 10 overs or whatever, mm-hmm. you will end up facing. That's the beauty, beautiful thing about cricket is yeah. that it's no one game is the same, no two games are the same. It's always different, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's always you've got to plan and put them under pressure in those situations and force them to make a decision. If they are 40 for six, you might just need to dig in a little bit and just see off a bowler who's rattling through the top order or you might say, right, just just think about it, make mm. a decision, what are you going to implement? And if it still doesn't go to plan, then discuss it at the end, like we keep saying, feedback your thoughts, share some ideas from the group, share some ideas from the individual that was in the situation because mm. they may be feeling something slightly different. And then um, you can then start and tailor your, your future sessions to, to match that. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that you kind of, let's say we're in a summer summer training session or a winter training session and you're going into that net and you're just doing a net and there's no focus on it, there's nothing else. Why don't you say, well, actually, your focus is you are 40 for eight. Mm-hmm. You are 160 for none. What are you going to do in this situation? What are you going to do? What are you going to do as a pair? Bowlers, what are you going to do? And we're asking them questions to then kind of hypothetically put them in that situation of how they're going to do it. So hopefully they remember it when um, they're on the 13 side of 40 for 8 with 10 overs to go. You go, well, actually, I did this in the net. I can remember this. Oh, I said I was going to dig in for the first four overs, then I was going to look to get on with it. And the bowlers were going to say, oh, well, actually, yeah, I, I was going to put it on a length and I'm going to try and hit off stump and make it really difficult to score and field as this and all sorts of stuff you can go on to from there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we've gone to so so far we've said it, it, involving players is really key. So you, you can't just make the decisions for them all the time. No. Uh, putting them in unfamiliar situations, so it's not the same decisions, the same scenarios, the same kind of people making the decisions as well. Um, we all know obviously that you get captains on a cricket pitch, but every now and again they're going to look at somebody and go, I don't really know what to do here, mm. whether they mean to do it or not. So then you just got to make sure that you've got people that can make decisions. Not without the captain's consent. That's not what I'm condoning. <laughs> but um, we've said get players to give feedback on the decision they made and how they felt about it. We've said about you've got to praise the decision and then reflect on it, either either in a group um, or as individuals. Like we've said, there might be more more people comfortable in making a decision in a group. Yep. So you've then got to speak to that person one-to-one on why they made that decision and how they could do it next time. Um what we haven't done, we haven't gone into too much, is about getting players to ask questions of each other in that scenario. So instead of it being um, Coach Danny going to, I don't know, Jeff and saying, asking Jeff, what's your, uh, what are you going to do here? Under pressure. Well, actually, it might be little Tommy goes up to him and goes, well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. And again, Jeff's a good player, by the way. Yeah. So uh, well done for using Jeff. Um yeah, again, it comes down to empowering them, giving them the opportunity to do that and setting, setting their own standards and their own goals and their own expectations of what they want out of the session. And it's down to them, really. They could just rock up and have a net. That's fine. Mm. Okay. Um, is it My question would be, is it really going to challenge them and really going to help them improve them from a tactical point of view? Obviously, lots of practice and repetition is good, but... Maybe not from a tactical point of view, but um, yeah, going back to the, the question, I just think yeah, using Jeff as the the example, I mm. think um, yeah, it needs some needs some thought and some yeah. questions on it. And I think that kind of comes back to that you can't 
you can't have the players fearing making a difficult decision. No. And you like like we said about the coach, don't don't fear getting them to make a decision. Because I know we'll all know and and I'm sure the guys listening will know that when you run a session for a club or for um, a private session or whatever, sometimes it's all around the volume of how much you're hitting and how mm. much you're bowling and, and going through the repetition of stuff. Whereas actually it might be more beneficial for them to spend them to only bowl five overs in the session or four overs in the session, but they've had to make a decision every ball. Mm. They might benefit more from doing that than repetition. It's the quality yeah. rather than the quantity, yeah, isn't so it? so you're making sure that your questions are really, really good. And you try and delve a little deeper. Instead of it just being, was that a good decision or a bad decision? Because it's going to be, oh, well, I thought it was a good decision. And you can say, no, I thought it was a bad decision. Oh, okay, well, I'll do, I'll, I'll do that next time. Yeah. Get them to actually make that, um, what's the word I'm after? Make that, that learn, if you were, it doesn't, not brilliant English, but you know. It's the experience, doesn't it, give them the opportunity. Yeah, so it would be, why do you think that was a good decision? And then lots of open questions. Well, how would you do it differently next time? What do you feel that decision gave you? Um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but you know, you kind of yeah. feedback on what the players are saying. Yeah, I think you'll always, you'll always hear whenever I'm walking through the indoor centre or a club session or whatever, you'll always hear the coach just kind of saying things on the lines of, okay, where, where should that ball have gone? And they'll go on the offside and that'll be the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it might be a case, just dig a little bit deeper. Why why have you hit it on leg side and not gone through off? What what happened? Was it a technical fault? Was it you, your feet weren't in the, in the right position? Was it you just weren't concentrating? What has actually caused you to play the, the wrong shot at mm-hmm. that time? Or was it you were just trying something different? Yeah. Um, so really, really encourage them to to have that conversation have that question and have it together as a, as a group as well so yeah. there's no reason why you can't let, let the, the kids ask the questions and you mm. just facilitate it certainly um, I'm sure I we've think. all seen those coaches sorry to cut you off where, where you watch an hour I've watched an hour of, or a 45 minute net session a one to one session where there's been no questions asked and the question the, the thing that's most commonly said is shot or yeah. what a great shot yeah. and the, the the player, say the kid, because it might be an adult session as well, is you're immediately associating that shot with whatever it is, whatever the outcome of it, with um, a good, what's the word I'm after? Good feedback, and it was a good decision to make that shot. But they're not. I don't think they're learning anything from that. So I don't, I don't think it's. I think if you're going to say that, then you need to back it up with something else. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you'll always hear coaches saying that because it's praise, and we talk a lot about praise in our in our coaching pathway, and it's mm. a coaching tool that we should use all the time. It's so important, but if it is for me, I I'll always encourage to encourage coaches to add a little bit of value. That's a completely different different podcast, but mm. adding value. So one of Warwick's okay, principles. Isn't one of, yeah, one of Warwick's principles. So it is for an example. Great shot. You got your head over the ball. It's some is a good piece of feedback um, for them. But you you need to make sure that it's relevant. It is a good shot. Is it actually a good shot, mm. or is it just that it sounded nice and it was okay for that person? And it's almost a bit of coach's ego, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of go, well, I, everyone wants to see. Is he's yeah. smacking it. Look what I'm doing. He's smacking yeah. it. Yeah, certainly. You've got to make. You've got to make sure. You've got to be honest and give good mm. good feedback. I mean, if if it's not a good shot, then 
look to praise something else, good good effort or whatever, Just but then talk to them well. and do your job as a coach and yeah. encourage them in in the right way and give some feedback. I guess we've kind of gone on to a little bit of a different Yeah, podcast. sorry, we've gone completely, <laughs> we've made a poor decision and gone yeah. to a separate one there. Yeah, but no matter how much you plan, no, um, yeah. maybe that's another topic we go into. And Definitely. On, on coaches Definitely. and asking questions and praise and feedback and that kind of stuff. Um, but we're going to make the decision now, I think, to... Uh, well, I think we should discuss um, just oh, some okay. options. Yeah, okay. Shall I make the decision for you, Alex? <laughs> okay, cool. No, I, I think we just need to give maybe the, the listeners some um, some ideas potentially yeah. that we could look to use from a batting, bowling, fielding, keeping point of view. Um, some little simple ideas that they can then tweak and change. Obviously, this is not set in stone and it's not. we're not telling you what to do. It's there for you to, to tweak and to change. Um, and don't be afraid to, to create your own. I mean, if shall I start with uh, if I start with a, a couple of um, ideas on decision making, yeah. batting, ball, and fielding, kind of those things. So what I tend to try and do from from a batting point of view is always give them the option to experiment, to give them the options to try something new um, as as much as possible. Yeah. Um, from a batting point of view I'd, I'd encourage them to look to hit along the floor hit over the top so two different decisions mm-hmm. and then discuss why they would hit along the floor or over the top obviously we encourage them to look to, to hit into gaps but we can look to hit, hit into gaps over the top and along mm-hmm. the floor as well um, and I think that's pretty simple to, to work on you can make that decision for them or they can make the decision and see what see what happens what comes of it and mm-hmm. um, also giving them different areas to hit as well um, so we tend to, I tend to do a lot of stuff where um, we'll be feeding the ball whether it's out of machine or players feeding it yeah. let's say it goes on the offside and I'll challenge them to look to hit it leg side so they have to really make a decision on where their feet need to move to how they need to get the ball to the other side of the pitch mm. Different, different scenarios and challenges. Yeah. Um, making making those decisions. Um, I'll do fielding and you can do bowling and keeping. Is that okay? Yeah. Good. I'll drop you in it yeah, there. It's all the same. You, you, you'll hear a common theme throughout. <laughs> yeah, okay. pretty much. It's simple stuff, isn't it? I mean, from a fielding point of view, do they shy at the stumps or do they just throw it to the keeper? What's going to be the best option? Is it? A slide and dive, or do they just try and stay on the feet? Mm. All those kind of decisions from a from a fielding point of view. As soon as you dive and hit the ground and miss the ball, you need to make a. We need to discuss the decision and was it yeah. the right option? May have well been the right option and it just didn't quite happen. Yeah. Um, loads and loads of different options from from fielding and batting. Simple things, isn't it? That you can just tweak and change. In order to to mix them up, do you want to cover bowling or drop me? To... Yeah, well, I'll go wicket keeping first. Oh, wicket wicket keeping um, decision making would be, I guess, when to go down the leg side, what to do when there's a nick, when to take the bowls, when not to take the bowls, when to appeal for an LBW, when to. <laughs> so if you think drills wise, you've got a set of stumps, you've got a feeder who is going to make a decision to chuck them down the leg side, chuck them down the offside. You might put a distraction in the way. Uh, and the keepers have then got to make they've got it's it's kind of reactions, but they're making a decision on how they on how they get across to it, or um, whether they are making a decision on whether they come back to the stumps, or if they're quite happy taking throwing it off to um, first slip point catching cover, whatever it might be. Um, and then bowling, 
you you want them to you want them to make a decision on what their best ball is all of the time so you want bowlers to bowl their best ball all of the time unless when they need to bowl a variation or whatever which still might be their best ball but it's just a different type of best ball so let's say you're in a net session and you put some cones out like a standard bowling drill we're going to hit those cones we're going to bowl through that area we're going to hit that chair that is they're making a decision that's the best that's their uh, best ball however the decision is when they need to bowl a different type of delivery so it might be you put them in a scenario of um, they are chasing 40 runs in well let's say 20 runs in eight balls what are you going to bowl and then don't say anything because then they've got to make a decision and if they get waxed for four from bowling that length ball I'm going to try and swing it away and get him caught behind waxed for four over the top and you go right was that the decision oh no probably not maybe I should go Yorker bang Yorker oh that still went for four but did you make the right decision yeah I did I just didn't get it right if that makes sense yeah um the other one I've got another game I've got in my head which is quite a good um, it's a bit more reactions again it kind of links to decision but you if you've got a situation where you can stand behind the net so at Edgebaston we're very lucky because you can stand behind the net and you can pull the curtain out of the way and have a look uh, but you might be an umpire or you might be a batter or something like that and your role you've got three cones you've got a yellow cone you've got a red cone you've got a green cone green means length ball Good, good length ball, going to hit the top of stone. Red means short ball, yellow means Yorker. As the ball is running up and just as they're about to kind of take off, you're going to chuck a cone on the floor or chuck a cone in front of them or hold one up. Or if you're behind the net, you're going to hold the cone up as they're about to bowl it. And they've got to then very quickly react and try and execute that skill. I don't know whether that's decision making or not. I guess they're having to make a decision. Of course they are. They're having to. They're having to react and make a decision, probably in a rushed and pressured situation. So yeah, but I think I, that, I think you could sneak that one in. Yeah. Yeah, good. And I think with bowlers, it's it's difficult to to say what are you going to make this decision in a technical sense because that's kind of ingrained and you've got that in. But you want them to be able to make decisions in match scenarios. Yeah. So you've got to put them in that situation as much as possible. It could be right. If you bowl, you're bowling at a batter who's very favourable on the leg side, where are you going to bowl? Mm. Or what decision are you going to make as you run in if he starts moving about his crease? Or if you, what decision are you going to make with the field um, if he starts whacking you over the leg side and you've only got three fielders? All those decisions that you can make. Um, it's very. It's I say we probably need another half an hour, forty minutes to go through all yeah, the I mean, games. We're just touching the surface, aren't we? Um, Let's be honest. And I'm sure there'll be further subject. content on this on our YouTube and whatnot in the future. So keep your eyes peeled on that. Um, the other one I just had one on batting, which we saw, which is actually in Paul Greetham's and our YouTube video on coaching behaviours and principles. Is um, there's a machine set up, so it's kind of a high end player. Machine set up just outside off stump, and there's another, there's a, there's a fourth stump, um, just probably a little bit wider than fourth stump. The machine's swinging away, and the, the player has got to make a decision on whether they leave, whether they drive, or whether they defend. And if they make the wrong decision, so if they play out, out, outside of the fourth stump and they edge it or they, they square it through points or whatever, they then have to run a two, so they know immediately that they've made the wrong decision. Whereas if they play it from their from inside their box and they wait for it and they play it on the stumps but they leave the ball outside off so they don't have to do anything they just carry on because they've made the right decision mm. um, so it, that's a, <coughs> excuse me that's another batting one um, have you got any more 
fielding or anything, or should we? I, th- I think just simple, simple drills on simple games, and just add a add a add a decision in, and add a add a little bit of the change in the skill and the element in order to to challenge them with that yeah. decision. Certainly. So I think the main thing for drills is put them under pressure. Yeah. So they can make those decisions under pressure because there's you don't want them making those decisions when they've got the opposition 40 for eight and they're deciding now to bowl short balls because they want to make that decision and they have never done it under pressure or they're trying to defend six off the last over and they think that yeah. a bouncer is the best way to or whatever it might be yeah, I, is I the best way to go. It, and Alex, I think the best time to be practising that and learning your trade trade is is in winter training and mm. summer training sessions. You shouldn't be trying something completely different in a game in a scenario when it's happening they should be already have that experience and then be able to reflect back on that experience and 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 learn from however and whatever happens in that situation um so yeah winter training is a great option mm. we do we tend to do in let's say we've got i know we spoke about this i think it was our first podcast about a winter training kind mm-hmm. of scheme and i know some cricket clubs are already in their 10, 20th yeah. week already. Yeah. But I also know that some are um, starting up and looking to kind of follow our own kind of pathway. There's some good stuff on our website, some, some mm-hmm. training plans that we've done. Yeah. I think we've done 9s, 10s, 13s and 15s, yeah. I think. And we've got the club coach workshops, which yeah. will help. Loads of opportunity club coach workshops and the, the CA conference as well. Some really good speakers there, Alex. Thanks for inviting me. Um, and also, um, but where was I going with this? Where was I going, Alex? What was I talking about? Uh, you put oh, uh, so starting in the winter, so yes. implementing it. So you'd forgotten then, <laughs> poor decision. Um, so yeah, starting starting it in the winter, try and implement it. Our first kind of six sessions, if we're running twelve weeks, for an example, literally will be technical, quite a bit of technical, encouraging, not a great deal of decision making, mm. um, a few bits and pieces here, and then after those six weeks, it is all scenario work decision-making, um, lots of pressure games, um, to really start and encourage them to, to learn different elements of the game. Mm. And I think the winter's the, a, a key a key point for that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I just made a note of earlier that you spoke about is when you're talking and you're questioning with, with the, the player is you'll obviously have seen them make a decision and it might not necessarily be the right decision um, and the coach, I think it's natural as coaches to want to give the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's a really important coaching tool in that in that part is is using silence and mm. just let them have a think about it. Um, and it might be a question that is leading them to an answer, or it might be a question that's kind of a little bit misleading because you want them to really think about it. They may have played the perfect shot they may have bowled the perfect ball but question them make them think about the answer mm. um, and just use silence in that point a lot of coaches will say why did you hit it on the offside that should have gone to leg side why oh wrong grip okay great and they're kind of not having that time yeah. to reflect and um, because the coach wants to give as much information as possible and that'll come down to experience and practicing that but mm. um and some coaches do it really well. I'm certainly still learning it. I like to give as much information as I can, but um, it's certainly something you've just got to sit back and let yeah. them learn for well, I guess themselves. All of that comes from a good place, then. Yeah. People want to 
people want to help and help give the answers so they learn it quicker and they develop from the session and they go away from the session thinking, wow, I learned this today. Uh, whereas it may take somebody three sessions to figure that out. Yeah. But they've figured it out on their own and you've created that pathway for them to think, actually, I thought about that last time and I'm going to try and maybe I can implement that in my bowling. Mm. Maybe if I'm bowling, do I need to try and bowl that Yorker when I've just bowled two really good away swingers? Do maybe yeah. just try and whatever the situation might be. But yeah. it, Again, it's putting it on on the player and seeing mm. what they want out of it is a is a key a key thing for me certainly yeah okay um i think that about wraps us up we're going to make the decision to close this, this good, good decision Alex. i mean um, we've only touched the surface haven't yeah. we? but i mean yeah good oh, hopefully you got something from that there's some um it's a really interesting topic because you can have lots of different discussions and different <laughs> coaches have different feelings on it and thoughts and i'm sure if we had somebody like chris kenny andy wiles they'd have given their opinion differently to maybe how we we did so um i really enjoyed that so hopefully you've got something from it like i said uh usual stuff from me follow us on twitter go to our website there's loads of coaching support on there go to our youtube if you haven't seen that video with paul greetham on coaching principles and behaviors then do it uh highly recommended but thanks for listening we will see you next time around enjoy making some decisions <laughs>